Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Hey guys, welcome to podcast number 16. Uh, it's a great day. Um, really excited to be sitting here with both the boys. Exciting to have Johnny sitting on this side of the table with us, which oh, is a yeah. first. Feels how, good. How have we not done this before? I don't know. I can feel the sunshine of that camera though. <laughs> <laughs> um, beautiful. I Number 16 has been always been one of my favorite numbers and I feel like this is going to be one of my favorite podcasts because we're going to be drinking some really good stuff and I get to hang out with two of my best buddies. So nice. Gary, what are we sipping on today? We're drinking something special. This is the old Rip Van Winkle 10 year from uh, Buffalo Trail. What are you drinking right now in the glass that you have? Oh, I thought we were talking about future. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. I'm so, I know. I, um, I, I feel like I amped it up, and I apologize. What, we what, are, are, we, what, what are you and I sipping at? I and you are drinking uh, the Maker's Mark Benny's Private Barrel Select. Mm. It's the this year's version, where the last year's version we t- reviewed on episode yeah, early three on. or four. Yeah, yeah. C- early some, a couple episodes forever ago. ago. This is a different stave combination, though. Awesome, Johnny. What are you drinking? Well, it's a special uh, evening in the underground uh, studio here because we finally have Captain Morgan. So it's I'm back. Captain Ooh, and Coke. Nice. The captain is nice. back, boys. And cheers. I got I got the same makers. Garrett's drinking. It's really tasty. Cheers. Let's have a good podcast. All right, cheers. Check out the Instagram, guys. Tell your friends about the Instagram page. That's how we release a lot of the information that we have coming up. We've leaked some pictures of some uh, merch that we are going to be having available to you guys, which we're really excited about. When, is, th- when is that available? It will be available after we release. So we're recording. Do we just want to talk about it when we record with them? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, we're recording with Few on the 24th. We're doing a two-part series. The first one will be with the master distiller, Steve, in the morning. We're going to go to the Rick House. He's going to give us the tour and the production facility. We're going to ask him a lot of fun questions. So we're recording on the 24th. We will be doing a second session with them in the afternoon, which will involve their owner and one of the guys affiliated with the... What's the best way to say what he does? He helps sell their products. He promotes them. Yeah. He's a promoter for... Multiple brands, but he they're one of the big ones. Right. So we'll be re- we'll be sitting down with those two guys and recording with those guys. That podcast will come out when Johnny. If we record on the twenty fourth, will we are we going to stage it? Twenty fifth. Two two weeks after that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, that's probably going to be an exclusive. Maybe we can push that out a week after that. So. Get it out a little bit earlier. Yeah, are you going to? Yeah, are, sure. are we thinking we're going to release both episodes? I know I'm putting oh, you on the spot boy, here. Yeah. Are we going to? We should. I mean, stag- we're going to definitely em. try for it. Stagger them. I'm more. You know, we'll definitely stagger them. We should but, stagger them. Yeah. Even if sure. it's a couple of days, we're going to be staggering yeah. them. So look for. Well, whichever week. day you're working on it the most, I'm going to make sure that train line gets delayed a little bit. <laughs> Give you some extra time to work. <laughs> extra on it. half hour per ride. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe we should have this conversation before we we record. You know what, what I'm most kind of excited about is that it's going to be an off-site recording, right? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting taking all this gear. You know, where are we going to set up? Is there going to be a table there? We're still figuring all those things out. Yeah, that's the big concern we have. Is there going <laughs> to be have a, a table? table to do a podcast? And to be honest with you, I've been to that Rick House. I'm not sure there is going to be one. So no, yeah. you've been to the ice rink? 
No, not the instrument. But that's where we're recording. So that because the other one has production facility. We can't record there. Yeah, but I'm thinking of the other uh, Rick House. Yeah. It, there's one table there, and it's got all their like <laughs> snacks and <laughs> water bongs on it. No matter, no matter what, we are going to record on-site at Few in Evanston all day. Uh, our buddy Sean is going to take uh, pictures for us that will be on the website. We're going to do some fun portraits. We will definitely share some great stories about that. Uh, the more we drink, the more it will come out, I promise you. So that gear will be available available to only a select few because they they're not making a ton of it um so there's only gonna be a couple hats available for the listeners we will find fun ways for you guys to be able to get it whether it's either drinking fuse product or sending in something to us that we can you know say you know send us a, an email about an experience you've had with yeah. few product or, or something even a good old-fashioned potato sack race perfect awesome and that's then we'll find a way to get you guys some of that gear <laughs> A potato sack race. <laughs> I have a barrel sack. <laughs> the last time bar- you did a potato sack race. I want a barrel race where you like you have like the the suspenders and that's what's holding up the barrel. <laughs> yeah. and That's all you're wearing. Sure, but yeah. duos. There's gonna yeah. be two barrels connected, so you get two people running. I think I got a miter saw. We can figure that out. Okay, cool. Right. Well, we're gonna find a way to get you some of that gear, so that will be available. Really excited about that day. But let's start talking about what's been going on with us recently. John and I had the privilege of joining Garrett's whiskey class at Maze and Mash last Wednesday. John, what were your thoughts on that? I was actually. I mean, it took. Be- us Pretend two, I'm not for here. some reason, it took us, Garrett and I apologize, two years yeah. to actually get Way to one of whiskey, whiskey classes. Way I too apologize long. for that. Yeah. yeah, it happens once a month. That was the 25th class I taught. <laughs> and it was your first one. Perfect. But coming out of that, like I was extremely impressed by the way you ran it. You had a guest come from, from the um, Sazerac, Sazerac portfolio. Um, that was cool. Do you always do that, or is that something no. that you just kind of I probably, pulled? like one out of three classes, have a special guest. Yeah. This is kind of like off the subject of the night. I mean, it is in the subject of the night, but like... The, I love the exclusivity that you brought to that whiskey tasting by saying that we were going to try something from Maze and Mash and Glen Ellen that wasn't on the menu yet and that we could try it and you would actually ask us what we thought of it. Oh, the food portion? Yeah, that yeah. was actually really cool. It gave a kind of a really cool exclusivity to like, you know, doing the whiskey tasting in class with yeah. you. Yeah, that food is actually making the menu cool. next week. Yeah, it was a, it was like a salmon bruschetta and it was, it was awesome. Yeah, Delicious. Smoked, it was, yeah, they did it. Uh, they, they cooked the salmon like they were cooking corned beef and... I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, it was was great. It was a really tasty dish. I was floored by how well the class was run. I I knew you would do a good job, but the the knowledge and the information that came out of the class was 10 times more than what I thought it was. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just like when you you know a little bit about it. I don't know, but but when you just talked about like the oak stave and like the char filter line, like I... Nobody's ever told me about that. That's cool. I'm that's glad a, you guys that's came. That's a piece of information that I learned. The mash bills from the different, you know, like the, now I know the three different mash bills from yep. that the Sazerac company plus the rye mash bill. That's like five more pieces of information I didn't have that now I have in my knowledge. It helps me at work. Yeah. And personally, now I know what I like more based on their products. That might be interesting for something for us to do in the future. If we're doing another video like this, we can uh, we can bring some of that stuff in and show the yeah. listener. Yeah. So I was trying to compliment you. I appreciate it. I'm just giving you a hard time. Maybe it was a backdoor compliment. I apologize. So if someone wanted to do one of those classes with you, how do they they sign up? Yeah, so we do them once a month, the first Wednesday of every month at 7 p.m., it's forty bucks, five tastings, one you can't find at Benny's. Try to keep that that little more exclusive, not just stuff you can traditionally find. Uh, all those things are available for us to pour for you yeah. at, down at the bar. And then uh, you can sign up in at the restaurant. You can give us a call in. I'm working on the website to get that fixed. That'll probably take like seven months to a year because of just how the speed of this company works at. And then uh, I do it on the side too, so I do it privately. So if you guys want to shoot the Facebook or the Instagram a message, if that's something you're interested in, um, we do that on the side. It's a little bit cheaper, and the nice part is you get to keep the liquor at the end of the day. 
So I probably do like one every month at somebody's house or at somebody's office or it's a great birthday gift, Christmas gift, Father's Day gift. Are we reviewing something that we drink on yeah. Wednesday? Yeah, absolutely. So we're doing the Old Rip Van Winkle 10-year. It's the, the easiest to find of the hardest to find whiskeys in the world. Uh, the Old Rip Van Winkle from uh, Sazerac is Pappy's youngest juice that they create. And it's a 10-year bourbon at 107 proof. I remember really liking it on Wednesday, and I can't wait to drink more of it tonight. In the spirit of what's going on in the world right now, Oktoberfest, when this podcast comes out, Oktoberfest will be in full swing. But because all the Oktoberfest beers are out, we're going to drink them. So we brought a plethora of Oktoberfest beers to drink. And uh, boys, I hope you brought your drinking German caps. The ones What's that like I, you brought yours. I brought mine. I ordered two more. They didn't show up in time. So maybe look. we can wear them at few and just see what happens. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> maybe they have some German uh, history in their, I'm sure in they their do. company. Perfect. Did we say we're going to do the customer week? We're not doing the customer yeah, week? Yeah, we got a good customer of the week yeah. this time. We're not oh. We're not ragging on somebody. Beautiful. You want to you leak right it? In? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about maybe the best customer I've ever had in my entire life. Cool. Let's leave it at that. All right, perfect. That's the teaser. You get to hear about that in a little bit. Our Yeef right now at Social is losing our patio because pretty much the rain and the patio season come to an end. Yeah. So I went from having a massive staff and everybody was happy and having shifts to... Mutiny? Now people are getting shifts taken away. How does that work? Do you hire seasonal staff? It's, it's considered seasonal. We have to let them know that it's seasonal. Before then, you hire them. Yeah, just you're part-time. Yeah. Essentially, we take care of our full-timers. Yeah. They get the shifts. Part-timers get sprinkled in. So let's say <laughs> you're really good at your job and you're a seasonal staff and you're like, you notice that they're really, really good. Do you like try to hold on to them? Oh, well, yeah. Do? I mean, we definitely try to hold on to them. We want, we want valuable uh, teammates and staff members. And if... But do you create room? Uh, that's kind of tricky. You can, but you, you're treading a thin line there, a fine line. Yeah, I'm just you asking know? what you're doing. Yeah, no, I we, we try to balance it the best that we can. We we take and and I do tell people that if you're a value to the restaurant, then you're gonna get the shifts. Yeah, people who come with a good attitude and work hard, those are the people we want on the on the floor. Yeah, regardless of time of day or situation or whatever. So I would think customers would appreciate that hearing that. Yeah. That's, so in, that's, that's, that's in, in that industry, do you get a lot of rehires? Like, so like when the, when it's a slow season, like when it comes, you know, ramps back up, do you get a lot of the same people back? Or a lot of people return or is it like it, you're kind of one and done? Well, most of them move it, on. Yeah. Some of them come back. Yeah. Also, you can try to keep some of them real part-time, like working one day a week and then they go get another part-time job somewhere yeah. and then come back more full-time when the season allows. Because okay. essentially with their patio, we lose 21 shifts a week. Yeah, easy. That's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a ton. So uh, that's that's the yearly industry ebb and flow that, that we're facing right now is just trying to make everybody happy. And, and people going back to school helps. It's not like you have to like cut a third of your staff. You only, like there's only maybe five or six people who are really affected, but they're still affected. Right. Yeah, that's tough. Moving on. We need to have some beers. Uh, it's Oktoberfest beers time. Beautiful. We're going to start off with Spaten. Spaten Oktoberfest from Munich. The stats on this bad boy, 5.9% ABV. This is legit. This is what, what Americans think a traditional Oktoberfest beer tastes like. A lot of it has to do with fall color and flavors and aromas. I want to hear what you guys think about this. I'm sure you guys have had this at some point in your life. I think that this is what uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which is probably the most recognizable Oktoberfest beer in the U.S., tries to emulate. So, cheers, boys. Take a deep, deep, deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> Take four breaths before you even get into the beer. I'm getting a... Uh, Maybe before we go any further, I, I vote that we drink our beers out of these glasses. From now on? From now on. These glasses are great. First of all, it's glass. Yeah. Second of all, I get my whole nose in it. 
That's true. These are these are definitely meant for beer drinking. Thanks, Brad Hill. You're not listening, Cheer, but I appreciate cheers it. Cheers to Brad Hill. <laughs> All right, what, um, do you, what do you got on this, Mike? Um, I get a nice caramel malt aroma. Really caramely, definitely malt forward. Feeling like I should be sitting underneath a tree that's about to change colors into fall while drinking this. Yeah, I get a ton of uh, I get a ton of malt. I get a little bit of clove. I don't get a ton of caramel. Not as much as some of the one of the other ones we got on here. But by looking at the color, how could there not be caramel in here? Yeah, the, um, the amber color. I like to like dumb down. Like you're super smart about beer. I like to dumb down the flavor profile for Oktoberfest. I think that this tastes really Octobery. That's like, that's right. Instead of quintessential. Like, yeah, like it, this is traditional. This is what traditional. This is what I think of. Yeah, absolutely. I like that it's ice cold too. It's, it's delicious. really cold, isn't it? I think I probably could drink like 110 of these. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to go. Um, all right, Johnny, what's your, give us your uh, thoughts on this beer. What's the rating you got? I'm going to give this a 7.0. It could be a little more nutty. It could be a little more, um, I don't know. I, 7.0 is probably the right number for me. Okay. This one. Cool. Gary, what you got? I can't imagine drinking an entire boot of this. And then ordering another one, right? Like, they, you see, like, those guys in the, uh, the giant picnic tables, and, yeah. the, and the waitress has, like, 90 the, the beers. massive steins, and, and they just and, clinking and them and together. And they're stacked on top of each other. You see, like, the, the competition of the guy carried the most beers, most ounces of beers in, for, in, in, like, 40 feet. It was incredible. He had, I think he had 40 steins in his hands. They're like all stacked on top of each other. He ended up losing two, but he still broke his own world record. Anyway, it's a stupid Facebook video. I can't imagine <laughs> drinking an entire one of those and then ordering another one. But I would buy one with my meal, not before my meal. Okay. Uh, at a restaurant, and I'm gonna give it a seven as well. Cool. I'm giving it a seven seven five. I like the flavor. I'm I've always been a fan of ambers and reds and malt forward beers. Caramel comes through nicely for me, and this is what I think a traditional Oktoberfest beer is because I'm American, and this is what I grew up knowing is an Oktoberfest beer. But we're gonna get into other styles of Oktoberfest beers, which I'm super excited about. But interesting fact about Spaten is that they're one of six breweries that are allowed to use the K in their Oktoberfest beer because of certain parameters that Germany requires <laughs> for you to actually be able to print it out that way. Otherwise. Otherwise, oh, it has okay. to be yeah, okay, yeah. Otherwise, it has to be a C. So there's six breweries that are allowed to do this, just like how bourbon is. Uses the E, yeah. You know what I mean? With whiskey and stuff yeah. like that. So kind of a cool, interesting fact. So let's get into the next one, and we'll kind of compare them and start talking about the difference between what Oktoberfest is as a Marzen compared to like a German-style lager, which we're about to try right now, which is the Hailstorm. Take me to your liter. <laughs> Did I say it right? Yeah, for no? sure. You didn't say it with a German accent, which is kind of disappointing. But I'm. That's not going to happen. That is a hefty pour, Mike. <laughs> John, this is this is a 16 ounce can, brother. <laughs> yeah. We got to roll through four of these. Is it 20 minutes? Is there a dump? Is there a dump cup? Oh uh, yeah, it's let, in me your, it's in your mouth. let me get a dump. Turn the hat upside down. <laughs> Continue talking. Let me get a dump cup. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got the hailstorm. Take me to your leader. Uh, it has a, this can has a picture of an a, a German alien on. It looks like the dude from uh, oh, American American Dead. Yeah, American Dead. Yeah, looks like Roger from American Dead. Oh boy, this might be some infringement copyright stuff going on here. But I hope, uh, I hope that we weren't the catalyst to bring that up. <laughs> we're definitely not. I'm that sorry, hailstorm. If you're trying to go under the cover, yeah. yeah. So uh, a German alien with a nice hat on it. I like the can. Obviously, it's got the. The blue and Boons. white for the, the Oktoberfest. Absolutely. So, Hailstorm out of Tinley Park. This is 5.6%. This four-pack is about ten ninety-nine for a four-pack. That's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. Three bucks a beer? Yeah. Great. We didn't go over how much Spaten was. Is that more expensive? 
seven ninety nine for a six pack. Oh, even cheaper. I wish I didn't know the price. Yeah, so this to me has like I want to say like a peanut butter nutty taste okay. on the onset of it. Um, I think this is like really easy drinking. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, this is like a seven point seven five to eight. So seven point eight. So not actually giving a number. So seven point eight. Seven point eight. Seven point eight three. <laughs> this is two five. I like this a lot. This is delicious. I I think that this is delicious too. It's light bodied. I'm kind of getting. Um, it's much lighter than the last one. Yeah, it's much lighter. I'm getting a sweetness on the finish that I'm I'm not picking up. I don't want to say it's honey. There's a sweetness at the end that I can't pick up. Yeah. But it, it it's tasty, and I think that I would drink a lot more of these than the the previous one. When you drink these, should you be drinking them out of the can or the bottle, or should you be pouring them into glasses? With any good beer, you should definitely pour it into a glass to open it up. Yep. The aroma is in the foam, the bubbles. Yep. That's where it is. So an aroma definitely affects the taste of the beer. If you want to have a flat beer, not going to name any names, pour it out, and if it has no bubbles, that's great. It's, it is what it is. But you, a good craft beer, you definitely want to pour out. You want to have about quarter inch to a third of an inch of, of foam when you pour it out into a 16-ounce pint glass or even a 12-ounce glass. How come I didn't get any foam? You did. You had foam. Oh, did I? Yeah. You just didn't notice it. I missed it. And if if you don't ever get it, then you just give it a little, a little, little wiggle. These glasses are just so wide open that it just you know yeah, give it a little really open it up. In there. <laughs> See it. There it is. Uh, I really like this. I'm gonna give it an eight point two five. Woof. Let's just yeah. talk real quick about the Marzen and the German, German style lager difference. German style lagers, which is fest beers, is a little bit more traditional to actual drinking in Germany during the fest, where the spot and Oktoberfest that we drink on the first go round is more what typical Americans, like I said earlier, including myself, consider an, an Oktoberfest beer. So with microbreweries lately are making these fest beers because they have more access to the actual hops and the yeast strains that they're using over there. Yep. So they're able to emulate what they're making over there for the fest and these are a little bit typically a little bit more lighter it's just easier drinking like johnny said yeah i would drink a boot of this one yeah um so that so this goes against what i was saying the last one i would drink this hailstorm a lot faster and i would drink an entire boot i did notice that this gave me a little bit of more of a lingering taste in my mouth okay feel like it lasts a little bit longer which i'm totally all for all for so i would think that i would order this before dinner it, it does seem like this has a dry finish, drier than the first one. All right. Oh, and I'll give it a, I'm going to give it better. I'm going to give it a 7.5. I, I would definitely uh, buy this, gift it, and chug this. <laughs> I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I definitely, I did definitely, I not say that? I definitely would uh, buy this uh, at a bar and then find out I liked it and then buy a four-pack the next day. Fair enough. That's the sound of John dumping out his beer into the dump, uh, <laughs> that, that dump is glass, is, which which is Mike is going to drink later. I don't Let's know. If, I don't know if you guys. <laughs> Let's taste another. At the whiskey glass, I use that. I use that line of the dump. The dump glass is one of my favorite lines of all time. I got a dump cup on all of your tables. I don't really know how they work. I've never used one. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great. You dumping it? Yeah, absolutely, I'm dumping this one. But that forces every table to not dump until the first person dumps. Well, the person that was dumping on our table, she was yeah, she, she dumped she everything. Was, she was struggling. That lady, that lady was a last minute ad. She she was added about four hours before the class because okay. her, her husband signed up by himself and didn't and didn't uh, and didn't her? consult her at all. And she's oh. like, well, well, I, I, I wanted to do that. That's cool. She, yeah. We did have fun like sitting there with yeah. her, and she was laughing and stuff. Yeah. She just yeah. would take like one little sip and be like, fun little story. I took uh, my wife to the whiskey fest. Uh, two years ago, and it was fantastic. And about 45 minutes into it, she goes, are you just going to get hammered here? I go, well, you just got to stop feeding me your, your pores. Stop getting pores, now let's drink mine. She's like, 
but I feel like I should get a pour. I'm like, we didn't pay for these tickets. Just, just do whatever you want. And, and, and had she not said that, I would I would have gotten just roaring wasted. Oh, sure, yeah. for sure. What else are you gonna do? Oh, a lot of things. <laughs> but it's yeah. a whiskey fest. Anyway, what do we got here? All right, we got Haymarket Fest beer. Uh, this one is 5.7 percent, 99 for a six pack. Let's give it a shot. Smell it. I like this just as much as the Hailstorm beer. Very similar style, German style lager. Uh, very crushable. Uh, ironically, I'm going to give it the same rating, 8.25. Yeah, to me, this is, you know, again, very similar to Hailstorm, but it's got a, a more drier finish to me mm. than the Hailstorm. I agree with um, that. A little less little less nutty or, or honey flavor than the Hailstorm. So I'm giving this a little bit less of a rating, so 7.25 for me. I agree with everything that Johnny just said. And with that dryness, I think it comes with a little bit more of like the bitterness at the end. So I'm going to drop it down to just straight seven. Oh, and I would buy it for someone else. I would I would buy it at a bar. I'd probably get another pour of it. So that means I'm, I mean, buying, I'm buying a beer for Mike and Mike's sharing with John. It's perfect. So. <laughs> Good buddies. <laughs> it works out great. And I'll buy the Rumplements. <laughs> All right, we got, we got one more to get through. Well, I got to get through this first. Is there such thing called a, uh, an infinity beer? Okay, we're about to make it right now. Johnny's about <laughs> to make it. It's happening right now. <laughs> you got one going on? Perfect. All right. All right. The last Oktoberfest beer we have is a gift from our good buddy JP Vanderveen over at Salamoth. He's, if you, a, he's if you, a good looking dude. If you don't know, he's a good looking dude. He's also a lot of fun to hang out with. He is a lot of fun to hang out with. Uh, he's completely taken. <laughs> he's married with kids. Yes. So, Garrett, lay off. Hey. I kind of was falling for him, too, that night that we recorded with him. We was talking about it's, my straight skis over there. It, it, it didn't seem like you guys had a little bond going on. Yeah. You, had, he had, you had him at skis, and I had him at Coors Light. I was thinking about buying him a ski jacket for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have I'd, like, I'd like to hear his wife explain I that have, one. I have the link to his uh, to his Amazon <laughs> wish list if you want. From Jen, <laughs> skipping social team. All right, we got October Face from Salamoth and our good buddy JP, who none of us have man crushes on over here, apparently. Uh, 6% ABV. I think this is this is, uh, this is is Marzen, so more traditional for what Americans uh, like and myself as well. Definitely heavy on the malt and the smell. It smells like when you walk into a brewery. The next time JP comes on, I'm going to ask him what kind of hops they use and, and, and if there is like a traditional hop set list for October beers, Oktoberfest beers. I'm sure there is. You going to text him right now? No, I could, but I'm just going to Google it. Okay. To me, this definitely has a honey finish on it. Is this Where is this rank in the, the four that you've had? I mean, we just talked about how we just interviewed JP. and <laughs> he, He's not listening anymore. <laughs> You're listening. Yeah. Don't but be biased. It, truly like... I did mark this down as like my favorite. Let me see the proof. It's right. Oh, it's right here. I'm sorry. Yep, there it is. I got a 7.95 on this, and I would chug it. Boom. She's seven point. It's right what? there. Seven point nine five. I got it at eight point oh. I'm not chugging it. I'm gonna drink it while I'm making beer brats with it because it's October first. Do you think maybe you can give That's... it an eight point oh five so we can have a combined score of eight? Well, sure, we can definitely do that. Right, eight point cool. oh five. All right, then I'll give it an eight, but I want a shotgun on it. And we're all at, so at, it, at the end of the day when we all shotgun a beer at the end at Salmouth. This, this is, is the, the beer one. I do. Yeah. Oh my god, six percent really? You want to shotgun this one? Is that a, is that a lot or? I mean, what's the Lou Kolsch that we did? I think five, five, yeah, somewhere five, five or something yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah. I was reading that there's over eight million liters of beer drank <laughs> at Oktoberfest <laughs> in Munich, Germany. Do you think that we're gonna get a little more German downloads instead of Australians after this podcast? Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. We'll come on, come on, Germans. Yeah. Listen up. They don't speak English over there. <laughs> you want you want to hear us talk about our local uh, Haymarket and uh, Hailstorm beers in das Illinois? That's shit. No, it's not. It's not. Tasty, tasty. Overall, 
What's your guys' thoughts on the, the Oktoberfest beers? I think we, I think you killed it with the four that you brought. I think I found my lane because, like, down the board, like, I didn't have any heartburn. Sure. So um, I'm you're, feeling pretty good, good about go. this whole lineup. Go. Yeah. All right. There's, there's still time. There we go. That's early. There's no rumplements here, just so everybody knows. So that that's, that's a that's a factor. A key factor. That's a plus plus five plus minus five factor. Yeah. I think it was a good lineup. Cool. Thanks. Let's let's uh, let's move on real quickly. A lot of times we talk about. The bad customer of the week. We started talking about the good customer of the week. Love it. Let me tell you this really quick story. This guy comes into Maze and Mash, uh, doesn't really know a lot about whiskey. I start talking to him about it. I start showing him bottles, doing like mini whiskey classes and flights for him. Start suggesting things for straight pour stuff for old fashions. A couple weeks go by. He comes in, I don't know, once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And uh, towards uh, like three or four months after, he's like, I really, really appreciate everything you're doing for me. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to share my, my gratitude towards you for this by bringing my dad in. I was like, cool, <laughs> bring another customer. I'm all in, right? Uh, this guy's name is Raymond. He's white, and he has got a red beard. Fast forward like a month. He's like, I brought my dad in, and I look over it, and it's like this 6'6", like 75-year-old black guy. I'm like, that's Fergie Jenkins. So if anyone who doesn't know who Fergie Jenkins is, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher from the Chicago Cubs in the 70s. He had eight straight seasons of 20-plus wins. I'm like, that's that's your dad? He was, yeah, he was he adopted me. So his dad is Fergie Jenkins, which wow. is absolutely incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. How have we not talked about this before? Because this is... You're saving it? Yeah. Oh, Wait. So, like, I'm, like, like shaking my hand. So Fergie like, Jenkins was amazing, man? A couple times. What? Yeah. So go up to him and talk to him. His favorite drink is... Johnny's favorite drink, Captain and Coke, which is obscure, but he loves the ambiance of... Our spot in Glen Allen. Rumpelman's sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He might. I didn't offer yeah. any Rumpelman's to him. But um, yada, yada, yada. Things go pass on. Friday night, in the middle of the rush, he goes, I came here just specifically to talk to you, even though I've given him like, my information, like send me an email or a text or whatever. Next time he comes in, I'll help him get a table or whatever. I was like, hey, I'm uh, my dad's coming into town. I want to bring you to a baseball game. Sure, yeah, when do you want to go? He goes, it's on Sunday, so like in under 36 hours, i got to come up with a babysitter for both my kids, and i got to race home, tell the wife, hey, we're going to the Cubs game on Sunday, we need to find coverage for our kids. Uh, within an hour, i got coverage for our kids, I call them back, we're in, we're going. So we show up, he goes, all right, well, meet me at uh, the corner of these two streets at the VIP and player's entrance. You can park your car in the player's spots if you want, otherwise I'm not asking too many favors at this point. I'm getting into a Cubs game for free, right? He brings me into the VIP entrance. Like, the security there is, like, nothing. It's just like, oh, you're with Fergie Jenkins' kid. Whatever, come on. And yeah. We walk in. To get to where we're going, we take an elevator, which is great, because if anyone's been to Wrigley, those ramps just seem like miles. Uh, we walk down this hallway. They just redid Wrigley, so no longer are you, like, looking towards all the schlubs in the normal seats in the boxes to your right and the field to your right. We go into this giant suite where all of the other like players and former players, like families and friends are. And it's you know free buffet, free booze. So I'm drinking Maker's Mark on the Rocks, sitting with Fergie Jenkins' kid, watching the Cubs get schlacked by Milwaukee. In like the third inning, Fergie Jenkins comes back. I see him again for the third time. He goes, hey, hey, Garrett, he knew my name, which is incredible. I mean, how many people does he meet? That's amazing. Right. This was, let me pull it back in. This this day was uh, Lee Smith's ring ceremony day. So if you don't know who Lee Smith is, he was a closer for the Cubs. He held the, he's a Hall of Famer as well. He held the Major League Baseball League for saves until uh, Hoffman broke it in 2012 or 2010, somewhere in there. So not only were those two guys there, but a bunch of other Cubs great 
Waits were there, Maddox, Ryan Sandberg. You get to meet all uh, these guys? Yeah, they're all walking around. First of all, I'm like shaking in my boots because I'm like, these guys are incredible. I like look up to these guys. I have their jerseys. I'm so glad I didn't wear like like a Derek Lee jersey or like something, some schlub. Like, I just wore like a normal button down shirt. And thank God I wore a button down shirt because in the sixth inning, he goes, hey, there, uh, there's space in the uh, other suite. Do you want to move to it? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So we go, we're in Ricketts suite, which is the owner of the Cubs sitting front row outside over to the right. I see Epstein to my right, biting his nails over the Cubs, not getting a freaking base hit. Jeb is sitting over there. All of a sudden his camera crew shows up. I look, I'm on TV and Lee Smith is singing the seventh inning stretch, like three feet behind me. <laughs> and I'm on the freaking Jumbotron <laughs> and on, on WGN radio, on WGN TV. It was absolutely insane. Wow. That's crazy. As soon as the seventh inning, that seventh inning stretch happened, everyone left. They were completely gone. The Cubs were losing 2-0. They had men on first and third with no outs and didn't score in the seventh inning, and then everyone just left. And so it's just me and my wife and this other couple who were like, who were like just as shocked that we are. We're the only ones in Ricketts Suite. The place is enormous, and there's just there's prime rib. There's like this fantastic wine, some really good whiskey. I mean, there's like just open bottles of goose. There's no bartender there, so pour yourself. It was incredible that's so cool uh so shout out to raymond jenkins for hooking it up big time nice yeah that, that, that's dude i awesome. cannot believe that you did not tell me this story before i know saving tonight. it for the podcast that's crazy how did you do it i just didn't talk to you for like two weeks so i know I knew is, that if i talked that, to you i would have spilled where, it I, mean, I thought you were mad at me screw the, <laughs> screw the story is that where we're at now we can't even talk to each other because this podcast <laughs> we talk to each other plenty I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing story man that's awesome it was absolutely incredible you know what we should do in honor of that story What's that? Drink some Pappy. Let's drink some Pappy. Let's drink so some Pappy. So from the Sazerac portfolio, some, so we talked about this a little bit earlier when we had the Pappy 15. The Sazerac used to be a distillery. They decided not to make whiskey anymore. They started buying up products. They, the first big one that they bought was Buffalo Trace. Then they bought John J. Bowman. Uh, then they wanted to buy Weller and Pappy Vinwinkle. Pappy Vinwinkle's been making whiskey pre-prohibition, like yada, 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 all of these BS stories. But this one's real. Um, this is one that's actually passed down from father to son. So when Sazerac hit them up the early 80s to sell to them, they didn't like it idea because they liked the fact that they're making stuff really uniquely for them uh it tasted really good and which it did the stuff still tastes the same and so when they they finally got weller to sell and i think weller sold (laughs) awesome (laughs) that's the sound of a (laughs) mic drop (laughs) it's still draining from the mic so wait you can hear it wait Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Here, we can just, just squeeze that off, Garrett. Just take it off. Squeeze that off. <laughs> that's so gross. Oh, that's so great. Well, at least that's your mic. Well, don't ring it out into there. I'll drink it. I'll drink it. It'll be mine. I deserve it. That was <laughs> just, oh, amateur, so just amateur hour over here. So they finally Is this bought... mic ruined? No. No, no. No, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. get a little bit wet. You yeah. just, you like, people are like screaming to him and yelling, this is spit flying. It's awesome. Yeah, what, a like, what a waste of Pappy and um, that for- windscreen over there. That's, that thing's fucking ruined. Fortunately, I know where to get more. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Weller sold. And so then when they realized that they were making, when they realized they were making Weller with the same mash bill and same process that they were using at Pappy Van Winkle, they decided to sell two. So in 1999, they sold to Buffalo Trace. And if you have any bottle that is bottled after 2008 or 2010, one of those two, that is the new juice. Anything before that is the actual Pappy Van Winkle guys who made it uh, juice. This is the 2018 version of the 10-year-old Rip Van Winkle. 
when you like look up like how like what it, the tasting notes like what um what the story behind it we talked about this before 90 percent of every article that you read about it is about how hard it is to get and how much more it costs to get when you don't find it at a liquor store that sells it for the normal msrp so traditionally msrp for this is 69.99 if you were to trade for this on the open market it's about 400 dollars. it is amazing dude it, it comes at 107 proof which <clears throat> is almost barrel proof they they proof it down a little bit i think it comes out about 115 120 it's so tasty so i'm not making the mistake of making this a decision on how it tastes on the first sip don't don't judge it yet i'm relaxing mm-hmm. is is this a weeded whiskey yeah so the they don't ever talk about what the actual with most of the buffalo trace stuff is that they don't actually talk about what the actual percentage of corn wheat rye malted barley is where a lot of other distilleries are very transparent about what they put in there. They do this for like a lure and so people don't replicate it. I think this is pretty hard to replicate. Um, oh, yeah. you'd, you'd have to have the same grain, the same water, all that. You have to age it in the same warehouse. Exactly. Rickhouse same age oak, only happens at one spot. So there's something to be said about transparency. Obviously, yeah. you have your family recipe. You want to you wanna hold that yeah. so close the, to the vest. So the Rip Van Winkle recipe is the exact same recipe as Sazerac used for their weeded line. So they have, Sazerac has four mash bills that they use. To be honest with you, I think the other reason was because they weren't making any money. Mm. Or not enough money. Because in sure. like 1981 was a dark, dark year for whiskey. Sure. I, I think that the, the whiskey world in the 80s wasn't quite sure where they were going to head. I mean, I think most of them thought they were going down the toilet. Yeah. A lot of them closed. So, Johnny, what do you got on this? Unless you want me to go first. I'm happy no, to go, go ahead, first. Go ahead. All right. So, at 107, this is right in my wheelhouse. I prefer high proof. It doesn't matter if it's bourbon or rye. I feel that if it's 90 proof, that means that they didn't want you to taste something that what was in it. So I prefer, if it's going to be 120 proof, I can bring it back down to 90 proof with ice or water. 107 proof is perfect. Uh, I, th- I think this is, um, you get a lot of caramel, like what we had with that beer. Um, I get a little bit of toffee. I get a little bit of oak. I get a little bit of, this is going to sound weird, but I get I get some creme brulee. I get some cinnamon. I get a little bit of vanilla. With all of that being said, there's like almost no burn after 107 proof. I think this is really, really good. I'm going to give it a 9.0 and I'm buying it and I'm sharing it. This bourbon is so good. I'm, I'm on your 9.0 bandwagon. This is a top 10 bourbon for me. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Top 10. It's just smooth, especially for the price if you can get it. I mean, I, I, this I would crack open at home. If I bought something a little bit more beyond this as far as exclusivity, I probably wouldn't even open it. This, I feel like, is in my wheelhouse for like a, a good special moment to have some buddies over, have a pour, and that's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to buy a bottle. I'm You're going to tell me you bought it, and I'm coming over right away. Right, and I'm going to tell my buddies to come over, bring your best cigars, and we're going to sit out back with the dogs. And we're gonna let them run around, and we're gonna have some bourbon with some cigars, and it's 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 all of 9.0 and top 10 bourbon for me. Yeah, so I'll I'll never own a bottle of this, Why? but I will always come over and have you guys not have you guys appreciate a pour from you guys. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, word that one correctly. Yeah, <laughs> I had to correct it. Like you said, it, it has a burn, but it's kind of an enjoyable burn. It doesn't like overpower the flavor or anything at the end. The right amount of burn. It's got the right amount of burn. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't With, make you not want to take another sip. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I am two in the nine. Going nine oh. I'm gonna go a little higher than you guys though, because again, zero heartburn. This tastes delicious. I appreciate the pour. I'm never gonna own a bottle. Eight point two. It's good. Is I'm sorry. Point, not eight point two. Nine point two. I was gonna yeah. say. I was you, gonna say you, went the, you went the opposite direction. No, I meant nine point two. Nine point two. My apologies. Yeah. Top ten bourbon. 
I would say tops currently seven. I think uh, I think the next time we do a podcast without any guests, we should hit we should do a top ten list. Yeah. Do a Letterman's top ten list of for each of us. Or we can do your fantasy. Oh drafts. yeah, we could do yeah we could do a snake a snake snake fantasy draft we, of whiskey. We're kicking yeah. around the idea of doing some fantasy drafts because we all like drafting and Maybe gambling. Maybe like top five and, or something. Yeah. Or or just top twenty. Yeah. And just do a little snake draft and then see who gets left out. That would be that would be pretty interesting. How does my voice sound with the windscreen being gone yeah, and you, the, the, the popping? It's not too bad. You sound delicious. You sound almost as good as this bourbon. <laughs> well, dude, honestly, thanks for bringing the the 10-year. You always kill it on the, the whiskey picks, and I know that um, we've had some good ones on here, and that, that that's up there in mine. Sweet. Thanks for joining us, guys. Episode 16, we love sitting here and doing this with you guys, uh, drinking good beer, drinking the best whiskey that's uh, that's literally around please send us some emails uh text us tell us things you want us to talk about we'd love this to be a little bit more interactive uh we want you guys to be involved as much as possible the next time we get together to record will be september 24th we're in evanston we're drinking from 9 a.m till 5 p.m with the owners of few it is going to be off the hook i was thinking about this earlier how do you, how do you think about this line it's gonna be key to a gateway to a world that you might not know about. It could use some work. Okay, we'll yeah, work on that. It's the key to a 10-hour recording, which brings me to hell. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's seen like The Matrix, The Third Matrix, where the, the, the key master, the, all right. this podcast will be the key master. <laughs> Oh my gosh. To get you into the door that you don't think you need to get into, but you but I think it's but, like, but you want to know about it. I think it's been pretty cool. It's gonna be really cool. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna try some new fun stuff and uh we'll we'll do it up. Cheers to you guys. Cheers. Really appreciate you hanging out with you. Until the next time. Cheers. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rocket music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. So this is the format we work with. We literally come down here, we chat it up for like a half an hour, and then we record for an hour and drink the whole time. John slurps on his captain over there. And also, uh, remember mid-recording, don't shift the cocktail. I like that, though. I do. I do. I I like to hear you guys drinking. Yeah. I do. Because that means that... Yeah, I hear you guys like once in a while. I'll talk, you know. Like drinking? No, I like it. Okay. All right. Ship that cocktail. <laughs>